Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into 30 Minute Thrive today. This week, we kind of have a special edition episode as Courtney Lamers is going to be your host today, highlighting our 2023 HR conference. So thanks for being the host for today, Courtney. Thanks for trusting me. You always do such a good job. So this is a lot of pressure, but I'm really excited to talk with all of our speakers today. I know they have a lot of great information to share. Good morning, MRA friends, and welcome to our annual HR conference. We're so excited to be here today, and we're excited to kick off the day with my good friend, Jamie. So I've had the privilege of getting to know her over the last month or so, and we actually found her through TikTok. So she is hilarious and has so many funny HR stories. So Jamie, I want you to give a little bit of background about how you got into TikTok and your HR, horrendous HR horrible HR, everything like that. But Laura, so I've actually been in HR for the last 19 years. Oh, and uh, I in back in the early pandemic of 2020, I was working for a nonprofit clinic, and I was the sole HR person over four clinics, and I just felt really alone. Um, things were constantly changing during the pandemic, and you know we were looking for guidance, and and so I thought, you know what, this is funny, and I started posting memes, and I started humorous resources. And then I dabbled in TikTok a little bit, and uh, it's really spirals from there. I've, I've now created Horrendous HR, which is um, funny confessions, uh, and then Horrendous HR stories. And then I also love to call out terrible job postings, which I like to call them absolutely not. Um, and I also have another page called Millennial Misery, because I'm an elder millennial, and um, I just love the nostalgia. Um, so that's that's kind of how I created it. I accidentally built an empire is what I said. She went viral, everyone. So go check her out on TikTok. <laughs> um, so you have horrendous HR stories, you have crazy HR stories. Give us one of your best ones. I think I have a lot over the last 19 years, which I'm sure everyone does here. <laughs> yeah. I think one of one that's really has stuck with me because it happened early in my career because I honestly didn't know how to handle it is I had an employee um, instead of making it to the restroom they decided to pull their pants down as they walked to the restroom and number two all the way to the restroom and of course it was on video and he pooed bless them um, and they weren't having stomach issues just fyi it was a it was a you know the middle finger part of my logo oh it was uh they were the middle finger to us because that person had just recently got written up but that one sticks with me because as a, I was like an HR assistant at the time, and woo, that, that would fine for me. But now I'd be like, oh, well, tomorrow, give me some gloves. I'll clean it up. <laughs> well, I'm sure all of you have plenty of stories as well, but I'm excited for you to hear from Jamie throughout the day today and hear all the stories that you have. So what are you most excited about for the rest of the day today? Honestly, just interacting with fellow HR folks um, and and. Oddly enough, I'm so glad y'all let me jump up on the chair. Um, but I'm really excited uh, to interact and hopefully make y'all laugh. Perfect. Well, thanks for being here today, Jamie. I'm excited for everyone to hear the humor from you. And we're excited to have all of you join us virtually today. And so have a great day, everybody. We'll see you in a little bit.
Hi everyone, welcome back and thank you Paula for joining us for a few extra minutes. Um, I want to say thank you for your time today and thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Obviously as HR professionals we all know how real burnout is right now and I think you gave everyone some real practical tools that they can take back. I know the last slide about um, the small wins was something that really resonates with me and it was something that our team was just talking about because there's so many things going on so it's easy to start looking ahead to the next one so i love kind so i just want to talk about how do you even start the conversation about oh, burnout at the workplace that is such a great question and you know one of the things that i didn't mention in my story but that is certainly you know true is like we don't wear a sign when we walk around that says hey i'm burned out and in fact, like one of the things that I did a lot is I tried to hide it. Like I really actively didn't want people to know that I was struggling. Uh, and so I think the first step, because the conversation almost always has to be had if you're feeling a sense of significant stress and burnout. So it's finding someone who you feel comfortable saying something to, whether that's a, an HR professional, whether that is your direct report or a, a direct manager, I should say, or a leader. Um, even if it's somebody outside the organization, but I'm going to frame this as a conversation we can have at work. Um, so find that person and you trust who you want to say something to. And then think about the goal that you have for the conversation. So what is it that you need or want? Do you need a couple of days on? Do you need something like a sabbatical? Is that even something that your company offers? Um, do you need to sw switch to a different team, perhaps, or think about another area of work within the organization um, and be very clear to the extent that you can, because when we're feeling stressed and burned out, we, we maybe not have a clear perspective in that regard. But try and figure out what it is that you're looking for or what you want from the conversation. And then it's just a matter of um, putting down some notes and being very intentional about how you can go about having the conversation um, and then trying to make sure you crystallize next steps. So now if you're the leader who is hearing this from someone, it's important to know you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to fix the problem in that conversation. But you do need to have a pretty keen awareness of what some of the resources are in your organization, particularly if there's a mental health issue going on. Do you have to fix and you stay in your lane? You don't have to, you know, really actively address those pieces. But you do have to know how to path people in the right way. And then it, it becomes being very clear about next steps. What are we going to do to follow up? What is the next step going to be? I need to maybe have some conversation as a leader and figure out what, how I can help or what the next step might look like. Um, but then we have to be very clear and come back together again, usually pretty quickly, and to figure out what that's going to, what that's really going to look like. And recognizing too that there are also resources, people who are out there who, who do coach in this area. And so sometimes that can be a helpful resource as well, in addition to potentially a mental health expert for taking some sort of short term or longer term or, you know, rearranging an internal team or, or what have you. So that's the framework that I typically give to folks. But I always want to say it's really hard to suffer in silence with burnout. And so at some point, your burnout will get to a point where you likely have to have a conversation with someone. So really paying attention to that and not being afraid to actively start those discussions. It's one of the things I did wrong as I waited way too long to seek that assistance. So that's, that's how I would start to have that conversation. I love the structure behind it because I think people can see how they would start that conversation. Yeah. So question for you. So a lot of times meetings start with, 
how's it going? And the common response is good. So how do you balance the positivity with the reality? And especially as a leader, it's not fun to walk around and be like, oh, I'm burnt out or I'm, I'm stressed or I'm, I worked till midnight last night. Like, how do you balance the positivity with the reality? That's such a great question. And I think um, it's really incumbent on leaders to model both sides of that equation. So I think it's important for leaders to actually say, you know, I'm really stressed out right now and here's some things that I'm doing. And I, I left a little bit early last night. I want you all as a team to feel like you can take Saturday off or however, you know, it plays out in your organization. Um, but then I think we also have to start modeling too, what are some of the good things that are happening? And so you can even, you know, so be intentional if you want to send this question out ahead of time to folks so that they're prepared. But we're gonna start, we're gonna take five minutes in our next meeting and I want to go around the room or have people who are patching in on Zoom kick us off with a win, a success, a small something positive that has happened to you this week or within the past couple of weeks so that we're also hearing that side of the story as well because it's really important. It's so easy for us to focus, especially in uncertain times and times of change about everything that's different through um, but to really balance that with messages of we're doing some good stuff here and like there's really a lot of things that are going well it's very motivational for us to hear that side of the that side of the equation going back to the small wins right <laughs> you're all about the small absolutely and well thank you so much for sharing all of your insight with us Paula your passion your energy just your practical tools is amazing if just the perfect way to start our day so Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you back in a few minutes. We're back with another interview. Josh, thanks for joining us here. You did a great job on your presentation, and it's something I talk a lot with our members about. So one of the questions I get a lot, and I'm curious on your take on this, is a lot of companies have gone to either a hybrid or a virtual workplace. But with the next generation coming in, a lot of you want that face-to-face communication, that in-person mentorship. What is your thought on that and how, like from a company standpoint, like how did HR work with managers and mentors to get them back into the office for that in-person mentorship experience? Certainly. Well, it's lovely to be here with you. And that's a great question. And it's something that we think a lot about, you know, the return to office and whether a post-pandemic workforce transition is one of the most crucial elements so it's fairly really defining in, in, in the, you know, the current workforce reality. And so as we think about what the effect that, for example, working from home has on young people, is that there are a lot of elements of a great workforce workplace experience that simply cannot be replicated online in terms of socialization and having mentors there. They had really having a sense of in-person, you're learning on the job, learning through osmosis, really being able to pick up on subconscious things about how to really operate in the company's culture, how to get ahead. With that being said though, you know, there is an element of flexibility and there is an element of, you know, having trust of the company, having trust in you that you're gonna be able to get your work and tasks done. Um, that happens remotely and, and in a hybrid model. So as I think about the ideal, right, is we would love, you know, hybrid model where we need some sort of in-person interaction where, you know, if you and I are coworkers, we could do this right here, not over Zoom. I know you and I probably wouldn't be, yeah, but, you know, in, in, in depth conversation over, over Zoom. Um, and so it's going to work in progress, right? And a lot of it too is, you know, cost benefit analysis as to people throw a lot of time in traffic. And, you know, I, what, what that can do to somebody's time. But also we think about, we have beautiful downtown Milwaukee, you know, where, where we're currently speaking. And the impact of people not coming into the office, you know, on vibrant cities is also a really important thing to think about too. So 
so many complications and so many factors to consider when it comes from hybrid to to, to you know and work from home. Um, but the people that kind of get hurt by having zero in-person experience are those in our generation because we just don't have the role models that in person are really you think about, you know, how we want our careers to, to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you gave a lot of great things for employers to think about and a lot of takeaways. But if you could give employers one one thing that they can go do today or tomorrow, like what's that one takeaway you want everyone to know? Do not look at early career experiences as, a, as an afterthought. And they matter. They matter today. We have to be proactive and building a bunch of leadership talent. We have to be proactive in making sure that young people are having a good experience and have a good view and outlook of the organization. Um, because word spreads fast nowadays, faster than it's ever been. There is going to be a significant divide in winners and losers of organizations that get this and those that don't. And at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. I believe that, you know, if we at my business project, if they are successful in helping organizations design more effective early career programs, that everybody around our age is going to have a better start to their career. And that that just has such positive reverberations economically and socially and psychologically for everybody. Um, so, so I'd say that for me is the biggest thing. Is let's let's be intentional about this. Yeah, about this. I was just gonna say I love the word intentional and experience because yeah. I think that's so important. Well, it's a super difficult question to end the day. So I am born right in right in between millennial and millennial. So can I go by millennial? <laughs> you do whatever you want. In the very field. The generation stuff. And it's secondary to what we're talking about here, right? Where the type of things that are for, and it's two people in the workforce experience, are pretty common across generation. And I started off my speech, why everybody to think about what their life was like when they were 21 years old. Yeah. And that is, it has nothing to do with the generation as much as it has to do with kind of life cycle. And, and it's really about thinking about what does somebody at this stage of our career need to get ahead and help the organizations, you know, provide that for us more effectively. Regardless of Gen Zs, millennial, millennial, everyone's everyone's got their got their details in here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us, Josh, and thank you for those online. We will see you in a little bit. We made it to lunch break. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Trisha Shields from Navion. Uh, her session was all about embracing technology and the digital transformation. So how did Navion even get started in your digital transformation and technology journey? And yeah, good question. I and mean, we talked about this a bit we said as well, just a lot of organizations were aware of here. She did a survey with MRA members and not even started to embrace their digital transformation journeys. So we always recommend by digitizing documents. That's such an important kind of pivotal part about HR and being able to be innovative with the technologies that you use. And so going from there and then starting to look at opportunities to utilize other technology. So what's something cool that Navion has done to some of their cool digital transformation yeah. pieces or what's something cool that you guys have done? Well, I'm always hard work for Wallace management system just because I think that's such an it. It's an important experience for employees to feel like they're being heard, they're having opportunities to interact with the company, which in a lot of cases is their manager. So historically, when I started Navia 15 years ago, we're using paper documents. You're walking them around the company, you're emailing them out, we're following up with people. How do, we were the nagging model of the organization. But now, utilizing technology, we made this shift for a while ago, but we do quarterly check-ins using technology, and it's really this way they have an interactive conversation and give employee information and managers that they need kind of real-time. So that's the way I think that we're probably most proud. 
That's awesome. So were you surprised? So backing up here, we, we did a survey before the event and asked, you know, what was holding people back from embracing technology? Were you surprised that only 3% said that they were afraid of change? Or were you not surprised by that? I was surprised, but I was also really proud. And I've been doing HR for 20 years now. And I love that HR professionals, I don't think maybe get any done. It's like, we're a great team. We don't want anything to be different than it's historically been. But 3% is not true. I think that really show that we are innovative and we do want to find ways to use technology, but we need to overcome some of the other hesitations that we talked about. Absolutely. So as HR professionals and leaders, if we have some people on our teams that might not be as excited about change, how can we lead by example and really demonstrate that change is a good thing? Yeah, I think one of the ways that we highlight in our session today around some use cases is really doing planning. So not just like putting technology in just for the sake of putting it in, yeah. we're using planning to really sit down and let all the key users of these future processes and technology for be at the table so they can understand the benefits of the technologies as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Trisha. We appreciate all the examples and insights that you've shared with us today. Thank you. We have one more surprise guest here, and actually we have two of them. Caitlin and Laura from Hush Blackwell. So why don't you two introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, thank you. So my name is Laura Maluday, and this is Caitlin with me. We're both um, lawyers with Hush Blackwell, and we practice exclusively in the labor and employment space. Um, so we are working with HR professionals like you guys all day, and we love it. Um, we are a part of our firm, Hush Blackwell's Milwaukee office, although we have a really a national practice. Um, and uh, we're just thrilled to be a part of this group today and present um, a few minutes ago. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend their session, but they were giving me a little bit of an overview and yeah, the ESG component and retention as well as DEI. So give us a little bit more on that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, ESG has kind of been a, a key trigger in the recent years. Um, coming over from the, uh, the EVIL, actually, but a feeding popularity here in the United States. And it stands for Environment social and governing. So how your company interrupts in those clean spheres, such as how you're in stewards of an asset environment versus how, or, or, and now versus, and how you treat people in the social realm, as well as how your company it all regulates itself of the policies internally and externally, all pause on this here of ESG. And that's what we're really here to talk about today, how you can be a better ESG than I'm. Advocate, which then increases retention. So do you have actually show a very, positive and correlating uh, relationship between high ESG scores and attractiveness to talent as well as retention of talent, which especially for those young generations, we know is kind of challenging right now. So we're here to help kind of give you some tips and tricks on how to retain those individuals. Can you give me one thing that companies can go back and implement tomorrow or maybe when they're back in the office? Oh, yeah, good idea. Do you want to tell you what's because DE or I? Sure. Yeah. So I talked a lot about during our session about D&I efforts and how that is one component of ESG. ESG is a really big beast. There's a lot to it, but D&I is one component. Um, and it is a very, very important component. And we talked specifically about the I inclusion quite a bit in the session and how important it is to not just focus on data and statistics, um, but really focus on making sure that your employees feel valued and appreciated uh, and that can be done in so many different ways but 
just by engaging with them and talking to them about their family and their kids and their dogs and, you know, all of the things that, you know, we uh, think of as leaving outside of the workforce. It, it is part of how we are that we bring to the workplace. And it is really, really important for employees to feel valued and appreciated and just given some time. I know we are all spread so thin and we all have so much on our plate. But it's one of those things that is worth investing in um, your people because that is such a key component to your business being a success. So Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for being here today. And thank you for sharing this. It was a perfect way to wrap up our interviews. And we have one more session left. So we will wrap it up here shortly. And thanks, everybody. We've almost made it to the end of the day. Hang with us. We've got Sean here. He's going to be closing out our day. And for those of you that were with us last year, you'll remember his awesome performance. So we're super excited to have him end the day today. Court, <laughs> I'm grateful for your kind word. And, and if you were here last time, stay with it. There's a lot of fun moments that we're going to be talking about in the next hour. Absolutely. So what has been your highlight of the day so far? Well, I'm talking about moments that matter. Now, I've heard already from the other speakers so many moments that matter to HR professionals. I've heard about moments of humor. Think what Jamie's been doing. And yeah. Adam Ford yeah. and the HR and the culture. I've also heard, you know, uh, moments around building a cultural and a system that really supports the employee better. And a lot of moments of caring. And I'll be talking about more of those. So those are some of my highlights. Awesome. So give us a little bit of a sneak peek of what you're going to talk about. I know you just did a little bit, but give me a little more. You know me. I'm not going to talk about any framework. <laughs> I'm not going to give you all these diagrams. Nothing you can see. I want to give you some real tangible things that have helped me really show that you care about the employees at your organization and things that you can actually take back and start using today, next week. Plus, you have to get your leaders doing this stuff too. Because HR, you're all easiness. That small group, your leadership team should be part of your HR team. So how can you get those people also thinking about these moments of water? Awesome. Well, thank you, Sean, for being here. I'm super excited for his presentation. And like we said, if you haven't seen him, he was so great. We brought him back this year. He's closing out our day. So hang with us, everyone. And thanks for joining us. Woohoo! And that's your route. Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. And thank you, Courtney, for hosting our HR conference highlights for this week. And we're excited to see you next week. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of our speakers for sharing all their great insights with us. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30 Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.